Yeah, that's right. Welcome to NBA Australia. Hi, I'm your host, James Clements. And I'm a writer sometimes, so whoever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff. Here in Larry Armour Studio. April Fools! Blow it out your ass! This is NBA Australia! It is! April 1st. Oh, Jimmy, if you make a joke about April Fools after noon, bro, you're the fool. Blow it out your ass, nerds! Anyway, here we are, repping Australia just a bit, talking NBA, that's what we do. Massive, wild NBA day today, wasn't it? Giannis and KD going hammer and tongs, you love to see it. Tell you what, we're going to talk about Giannis winning the MVP a little bit later, and, uh, jeez, you saw it writ large today, LeBron James, AD might be back tomorrow, ah, We've got some Hall of Fame news. Uh, we've got all the games from today covered in the NBA Australia game wraps. And I'll tell you what, two of them were absolute barn burners and went to overtime and a couple of other rippers. So uh, it's really fun, actually. Uh, we've got a juicy slap, but that's not a knife. Old mate, no mate, spot of the night, better than Lonzo Ball. It's Friday, so we do also have Dickhead of the Week. We've got Yeah Nas. We've got the Unpopular Opinion of the Day. We've got our back takeouts. We were serving up a flame girl take. There's Australian Player Watch and... Instead of a Luke Longley Memorial bloke who just does their bloody job, we're going to do an Andrew Gay's Grey Mumber Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence because a lot of excellence floating around at the moment. Pointy end of the season, it's all happening. Uh, we've got the game previews and picks for the entire weekend, and we'll finish off with a classic cooking with Bainesy. So let's bloody well get to it! Episode 787 of NBA Australia. Let's go! This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Oh, you better. Better watch out for the shark attack, I guess, if you're uh, Charles Barkley. You got fired by Shaq today on the uh, show. That was fun. Because <laughs> uh, Shaq's obviously off doing other stuff. Final four, probably. And uh, Shaq went after him. Love that. Right, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Show with the daily whip around. That's right, April Fool's. A uh, couple of good ones. I'm expecting a lot more to come out tomorrow because it's not yet April Fool's at America. Uh, we had hows about Ben Simmons being uh, rubbed out for the rest of the season due to Shag is back. To be honest, it, <laughs> it was one of the lowest hanging fruits because it just might be true. Uh the April Fool's aspect of it was the reporting by uh, Scott Wojcinski, which is actually a mate of mine. Uh, and so go read the article on our uh, facey. <laughs> it was good times. Right, actual news though. LeBron James and Anthony Davis might be back. Some much-needed, uh, I don't know, reinforcements for the Lakers, do you reckon? After they got absolutely pummeled by the Yaz today. Uh, obviously, with the Pelicans game tomorrow, that's huge because the Pals are right there with the Lakers. Uh, contending for the play-in tournament. So if the Lakers were to get this one back tomorrow, uh, it really does sort of throw a spanner in the works. Obviously, the Pels are in nine. The Lakers are currently uh, tied with the Spurs in the 10 spot. They're in 11th, the old Lakers. So we'll see what happens. But were they to get this one, I'll tell you what, bro, it could get a bit funky and a bit fun. If they lose, however, to the Pelicans, who you might remember, Anthony Davis used to play for, uh, it's going to get a lot harder for the Lakers to skip ahead of the Pels, so fun times. Other new, well, I mean, it's kind of like the idea of LeBron coming back. 
Uh, the reports were that the swelling in his ankle has gone down a bit, so he's uh, going to give it a shot. And Anthony Davis is a game-time decision tomorrow. So keep an eye on that. Lonzo! Oh, yeah. Give me some of that Lonzo, that per- BB. Oh, hey. See me posted with the fam. See me posted with the brand. Y'all just do it for the gram. And we do it for the fam. BB, B, O, A. BB, B, O, A. That's right. Lonzo uh, is restarting his rehab process on his left knee. Uh, so you might remember about a week and a half ago, the Bulls were like, yeah, now nah, I better stop Lonzo from running because his knee's a bit rooted. And uh, here we are. So. His knee wasn't going very well, and now they're going to try it again. <laughs> so after the Bulls pulled out an absolute rip to win against the Clippers today, it is one of those things where you go, oh, yeah, they, literally ever since Alonzo went down, their defense has no, been nowhere near as good. They've been battling injuries all season, but Alonzo might be the biggest one. And uh, so it'd be nice to get him back. The Alonzo Caruso backcourt is just like one of nightmares for opposing teams, so... He's hoping it responds well. We get Lonzo back on the court because uh, the better than Lonzo ball segment is always better when Lonzo is actually playing. You know what I'm saying? Come on. And finally, last bit of news. Quiet day today, actually, on the news front. Hall of Fame uh, may have leaked a little bit early. Uh, the Athletic reporting that Swin Cash of the WNBA, Manu Ginobili and Tim Hardaway, the senior, uh, as well as George Carl and Bob Huggins, old uh, West Virginia coach there, are going to be headed to the Hall of Fame. Uh, for 2022, which is pretty cool. Uh, of course, the official announcement isn't until tomorrow, but it was pretty good there. And they all uh, seem like some pretty likely names. So, good stuff. Right, let's do some game raps. Game raps, that's right. The game raps from today. Don't want to tell you, but told you so. Detroit basketball. They just fight. I keep telling you. I keep telling you. They were 10.5-point underdogs yesterday, and they beat Philly outright today by eight. Unbelievable game. 102-94 in Detroit. The Pistons smashed them. Kate had 14 in the first half. They're only down four at halftime. The Sixers benched it. Absolutely sweet FA. There are 0-5 in the first half of the bench. Unbelievable. 0-4 from downtown. 18-9 from Embiid in the first half. The team as a whole were 4 of 15 from three. And then... The second half, you're like, the Sixers are sort of just letting him hang around, and then the unthinkable happened. The unthinkable! Unless, of course, you know, you've watched the Sixers at any point this season, or, for that matter, the Pistons, because Detroit fucking curb-stomped them in the fourth quarter. And old-fashioned Detroit head-kicking, that's right. Isaiah Livers knocked in a three with five minutes to go. That was the first lead in the entire game the Pistons had, and then it was all over. Seriously, Harden misses. Boom, Big Deke Bay hits a three. And he dropped the hammer on them in the fourth, I'll tell you that much. Uh, he had 10 points in the last four and a half minutes. And Bede has a dunk, and then boom, the Pistons rip off a nine-zip run. They're up 12, less than two minutes to go, and that was the game. It just got completely out of hand with the Sixers. And this is the fear, isn't it? This is the fear. And you can smell the Sixers' fear. Having spent a bunch of this year already watching James Harden loaf around for the Brooklyn Nets, Philly saw little game James writ large a couple of times already. And now they're seeing just like, oh, I'm not entirely sure I give a fuck, James, uh, floating around <laughs> for the Sixers at the moment. Because he was shit. Like, there's no getting around. He was shit. Uh, he's out there, you know. After the other day where he almost broke somebody's nose with that uh, horrible shot at the end of the game against... Uh, 
the Bucks, where Embiid somehow came up with a rebound and they got blocked to the shithouse by Giannis. But Detroit just fight and fight and fight. They're young. They're hungry. They don't even have, like, Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant. It's just literally Cade, Bay, Kelly O'Linicky, and a bunch of sort of NBA cast-offs, wannabes, could-have-beens, might-bees, whatever. And they're fun as shit. And Philly, I'll tell you what, having traded all that depth for Harden, might find themselves a bit out of their depth, especially when their bench does not fire like it didn't today. So Embiid had 37-15-3. Awesome game. 11 of 19 from the floor. Goes 14 to 16 line. Didn't matter because Harden goes 4 of 15. Gross! He has an 18-9-7 and because he keeps getting in the line. Three turnovers, but God damn, could not buy a shot. Tobias Harris is like, all right, Tobias, uh, look, James is struggling from the field. We need you to get his 24 points. Can you get it? Oh, yeah, you got it, boss. 14 points it is. No, Tobias, I said 24. You got it, boss. 14 points. Yeah, all right. Thanks to Tobias Harris. Classic. 14, 5, and 3. Oh, yeah, I'm going to need my 30 million up front, bro. Uh, 13 for Maxi. He's been uh, down a bit the last week and a bit. Uh, Still nothing from the bench, though, as well, though. For the rest of that game for the Sixers, 3 of 12, they went combined 1 of 8 on threes. Brutal. Meanwhile, the Pistons shot 50%. Cade Cunningham, your number one pick. He was unreal. 26, two rebounds. Six assists, four steals, shot 12 or 20. I love him. He's got balls of stone. Unbelievable. Sadiq Bay, as mentioned, the 10 points in the last, what, four and a bit minutes? Unbelievable. Four or 12 from downtown for him. Kelly Olinke had 12 points, five rebounds, three assists, two steals and a block. He was awesome. Didn't miss a shot. Five or five from the floor. I'll tell you what, though. I love Killian Hayes. I've been holding out hope, and he showed us something in these last sort of like month and a half. Ten points, three steals in this one today. Eight and eight for bags. Got the big foul from Embiid. Embiid really likes the shithead foul from behind on a dunker, doesn't he? God damn. Anyway, Philly, with that loss, they dropped to 46 and 30. Uh, They're stuck now in the four spot, which if you're Philly, you'd be like, fuck yeah, can we just play Chicago over and over again? That'd be great. And uh, they are a half game back of Boston who are in the three. Two games back of the Bucks in the two spot. And uh, two and a half back of Miami in the one spot. And I'll tell you what, might put pay to uh, Embiid's MVP chances if they end up in the four. Just saying. And Detroit, they're 21 and 56. That's bad tanking Detroit. Bad tanking. Bad boys. Bad. They're the bad boys, you get it? Uh, but they are still not even in the fourth worst uh, record spot, though. That's still uh, OKC with 22. Milwaukee, it's our Gonquin for the good land today because they beat Brooklyn 121-19 in overtime. What a game. What a game this was. Hammer and tongs all game. The Nets had a lead for big chunks of that point, 11 in the second quarter. The Bucks got the lead back right by the end of the third. And uh, it was kind of like the good and bad of both teams, right? Like the Nets, the shooting was on. They shot the shit out. They also got out-rebounded. And the Bucks' defense just really kicked in at times and uh, completely smothered the Nets down the stretch. And because that was it, like Mitty gets booted, Middleton gets booted for a flagrant on Bruce Brown. We'll talk about that later. Um, but the Nets got up nine in the fourth quarter. It looked like they're going to run away with it. Mitty gets booted. Bucks rally because the Nets go, oh, we've done enough. We don't need to score anymore, do we? Well, no, you do. Because there's still four minutes to go, you idiots. What are you doing? Seriously, they scored two points. Two points in like the last four minutes of the game. It was unbelievable. They're still up seven with less than two minutes to go, but they just didn't score again. Andre Drummond missed free throws. Brutal. Curry was missing shots. Bruce Brown was missing dunks and turning the ball over. And boom, Giannis hit one of the sweetest threes you'll ever see to get them to overtime. 
That also put him past Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the uh, Bucks' all-time leading scorer in franchise history, which is chaos. And uh, KD also had a bit of a shot at the uh, winner there at the end of the regulation. Then also had another shot at the end of uh, overtime. Shades of last year's playoffs much. Uh, but that was only because Giannis hit... He missed free throws, right? Missed a pair of free throws. KD nails three of them. And you're like, here we go. Brooklyn might actually hold on and pull this one out somehow. Giannis goes, fuck you. <laughs> Drives straight down the court into the double team. Gets the foul. Calm as you like. Smashes in the two free throws. KD, a great play call. Manages to get heaps of space on the three to win it. Great look. Looked like it was going to go in. Oh, just a bit wide right. Clanks out. Tough scene. Bucks win, 121-19. KD ends up with 27 points, 11 assists, and 7 rebounds. He was awesome. 10 to 21 shooting, 3-6 on threes. Bruce Brown was very handy, 23-5-3 for him. Kyrie, weird sort of game, 22 points, 5 assists, 9 to 22 from the floor, 4 of 9 from 3. One of those ones where you're like, yeah, he was good. How was the impact, though? And it was just kind of missing. I don't know. He'll get his legs under him, in, I reckon. Seth Curry had 16, goes 4 of 8 from 3. Claxton had 11 and 8, but just not quite enough there from the others there on the Nets. Patty only got 16 minutes, 1 of 3 from the floor for his 3 points. The Bucks, meanwhile, Giannis was absolutely unstoppable. 44 points! Unbelievable. 14 rebounds, 6 assists to steal. He did have 8 turnovers, but god damn, it didn't matter, did it? 15 and 19 from the free throw line. What a legend. Do you reckon every time he hits a free throw, he sort of just surreptitiously threw a fucking middle finger at Ben Simmons on the bench? I mean, I would. <laughs> 16, 9, and 4 for Mitty before he got tossed. Uh, didn't shoot a great one, 4 or 12. Jeru Holiday was incredible, though. Six steals. God damn. He's like the underreported aspect of this Bucks team where he's so solid all the time. 19 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 6 steals. 6 of 18 shooting. Not a great shooting night either, but god damn. Uh, Wes Matthews made three threes. He had 11. Patty C had 11 and 5 as well. 9 and 9 for fighting Bobby Porter's fighting around the world. Tough loss to Brooklyn because that leaves them tied with Charlotte at 40 and 37 and the Atlanta Hawks. So 8, 9, 10 in the East is all tied up right now. Had they have won that today, managed to pull that out. Uh, with Cleveland also losing. Cleveland! It would have made it a lot tastier. They would have been 41 and 36. Only game back of the Cavs, but ifs and what's, nots and could have beans, whatever. No good. <laughs> if a, uh, what is it? If a frog had wings, it wouldn't bump its butt when it hopped. There you go. Uh, the Bucks, 48 and 28. They're in second in the East at the moment. Love it. Love it. Uh, Cleveland. Cleveland! Speaking of which, got their ass kicked by Atlanta. 131-107. They look gassed. Uh, Hawks got a big lead early. Both teams on a back-to-back. They controlled it from there. They're at home, Atlanta. You're going to get that at the... Uh, Pointy end of the season, especially with all the injuries that Cleveland are dealing with. Uh, up 13 at the half, and they just kicked the shit out of them in the third quarter and ran away with it. Look, just short shots all the way. No threes. The Cavs just looked a bit discombobulated, didn't they? Uh, Darius Rucker, Judy Garland, he had 18 and 8, but he shot 7 and 21. Uh, nine points on nine shots for my sweet baby Carrots. Uh, Larry Markinen, eight points on eight shots. Same vibe. At least Chetty of the Jedi, Osman, had 21, 6 and 4 off the bench, but. And Momo Brown, big Moses Brown, 15 and twelve, uh, 15 and 13. He has been a revelation. Uh, I love him. You may remember him from uh, end-of-season stints like last year. <laughs> He's great. Uh, the Hawks, meanwhile, went 17 of 39 from downtown. Pretty handy. Trey Young with 30 points, 9 assists, 4 of 9 from deep. What a, went 5 of 6 on threes for his 23. Kongru had 17 and 12. He was awesome. 
Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich had 11, 12, and 14 for Capella. And Cleveland dropped to 42 and 35. Cleveland! Atlanta, 40 and 37. As mentioned, tied up there with the Brooklyn Nets and Charlotte Hornets in 8, 9, 10. Love it. The Clippers in Chicago. Overtime. The Bulls win at 135-130 in hilarious fashion. This game was just dumb. So dumb. Paul George playing again. Clippers came out firing. They were smashing the Bulls, who looked very slow on D. Couldn't get any sort of cohesive thing going on offense. Basically, they were the same team they've been for the last two months. They got down 16 in the third quarter. They did... Very importantly, Caruso had a big bucket right at the end of uh, the third quarter. Got it back down to 10 before they go into the fourth. And it was still looking out of reach, though, for the Bulls. They were still down seven with less than three minutes to go. Paul George has a three-point play. You're like, ah, I think that might be all she wrote. Vooch nails a three. DeRozan kicks into two. There's a weird little free-throw battle going on. Levine gets a layup. They're back within one, 17 seconds left. Paul George gets fouled, hits both free-throws. DeRozan dunks. Covington hits free throws. And then you're like, well, that seems a bit weird. They'll still be down three, wouldn't they? It's like, yes. Somehow they force turn out uh, uh, overtime to the Bulls because the first one was a dumb foul out of an out-of-bounds inbounds play, technical foul. Before the ball was inbounded, there was a foul. So dumb. So DeMar hits one of the free throws, and then DeMar also gets fouled on a three-point shot down two. Unbelievably dumb foul by Paul George. Thing is, he missed the third. It was the only free throw he missed all game. Tomato Rosen. We go to overtime. A couple of big stops to start off by the Bulls, though. Uh, they get the lead and they never give it up. Uh, despite a couple of big threes from Duckman and then Reggie Jackson, uh, the Bulls just stayed in front. Tomato was incredible. Like He f- scored himself and then he found Patch Williams for a massive, massive corner three to enter the Duckman one. Uh, that was huge. And then DeMar has the sealer dunk right at the end to get him to 50 points. It was absolutely unbelievable. It looked like he might have even, like, the inbound was pretty uh, dicey. DeMar snaffles it, just drives straight back in and dunks. Game over. Absolute chaos. Big win for the Bulls, uh, just in terms of their seeding and in terms of their season. Because the Clippers, I mean, we just saw them the other day come back from 25 down to beat the Yaz. And they basically nearly blew a lead. Well, they did blow a lead. They blew a 16-point lead today. And he's like, what is happening with this Clippers team? This is chaos. It's so weird. But DeMar DeRozan going up for 50 was just special. Reggie Jackson had 34. He went 6-9. and nine. Nice from three. Paul George had 22-4-5 with three steals. He did shoot 7-20, though. Two of nine from three. You get that on the big jobs. He's coming back from a uh, long layoff. 24-4 and four for uh, Mook Morris. Mentioned this on yesterday's show with the preview. It's like, yeah, he's going to finally uh, find his shot, and he did. But the Bulls somehow withstood it. Nick Batum, I am Frenchie Batum. I steal all your money, Charlotte. Four of eight from three for him, 17 points. 11-9 for Zoobs and Duckman, 11 off the bench as well. But the Bulls, it was all Damar. 50. 50. Now, we talked about this the other day. Oh, we could call it his uh, half century. It's like, I feel like, though, a 50-point game is a much bigger deal than a f- half century in cricket. So it just sort of seems to underplay it. A 50-burger, 50 50-piece, 50 yeah, it does ring a bit weird. Just a fucking 50. That's massive. Five rebounds, six assists. He shot 17 of 26 from the floor, two of two on his threes, and 14 of 15 at the free throw line. Unbelievable. Vooch had 22 and 14. Levine, uh... 
Zachy Cakes, Adam Levine. Five of 17 shooting for 21 points, five assists, though. He got to the line, too. Kobe! Kobe White had 11 points on 12 shots. Patch Williams was incredible. 10 and 12. He was awesome. Just really good balance sometimes on this Bulls team. You just want to see them get Lonzo back. Uh, the Clippers dropped to 37 and 40. Chicago, 45 and 32. Wow, did they need that. That bumps them back up to uh, fifth. Uh, half game up on the Raptors. For the Clippers, I mean, they're basically stuck there in uh, the eighth spot, so... You'll pay that. And then finally, the Lakers got shit-pumped by the Jazz. So he got straight killed. They did, 109-122. The Jazz, they're up 11 at halftime, and it really felt like a get-right game. Uh, Mitchell and Gobert were really, really good in the first half. Connecting, uh, they got sort of a bunch of their other dudes moving and sort of involved. They got Bojan Bogdanovic back as well, and they sort of also got uh, Daniel House Jr., who had a couple of nice shots in there too. But really, getting Gobert involved was... Really, really big for the Jazz. They closed out the first half. Like The Lakers had made it pretty interesting. And uh, the Jazz went, no, actually, boom, we're up 11. Fuck you. And the Lakers, like, the fight just sort of went out of them. <laughs> like, it's so weird. And then you turn around, they're, like, down 16 in the fourth quarter. And you're like, oh, yeah, this one's pack her up, boys. So the Jazz snapped the five-game losing streak. But this is the problem with the Lakers. Like, you can look at the numbers and go, well, Rusty had 24, 6, and 7. Dwight had 21 and 12. It's his first 20 and 10 games since 2020. Malik Monk, 14 points. He shot 5 of 13, though. Mallow, 12 and 4, but he shot 5 of 11, 0 of 3 from 3. DJ Augustine went 3 of 4 from downtown for his 9 points. But it's like the impact of what the Lakers do because they give up so much more on defense. Like, Rusty can have 24, 6, and 7. Dwight can have 21 and 12. but And they can do it slightly efficiently, but Jesus... They just give it up. It's so unimpactful, non-impactful, if you will. The Lakers just sort of stumble around looking for their ass on defense all the time. They went 7 of 25 from downtown, which is uh, not great <laughs> because especially when DJ Augustine's hit three of those seven, you know? It's just not great. A razor just ran around with like a chicken with its head cut off. Uh, and the Yaz smashed him. Donnie Mitchell, the big dunk to sort of put them up 16. That was the sealer. Uh, 29 and 7. He shot 11 to 22. 4 of 10 from 3 from him. Conley goes 4 of 6 from 3, and combined they hit more threes than the entire Lakers team. So 18 to 4 for Conley. That was a really good game. He was slicing and dicing, getting the rim. You love to see that. Rudy Gobez is double, double. Oh, at 25 points, 17 rebounds. What a game. And this is it. Got to feed the big man sometimes. He was much more effective and much more impactful than any of the Lakers. Two rebounds. Bojan had 11 points on 11 shots uh, in his game back. But goddamn, he makes a big difference. Had a great pass to Jordan Jeremy Clarkson in the corner. Essentially, after the Lakers made it like a little late run, uh, Jordan Jeremy Clarkson nailed that three, and that was all she wrote. 19 points for him, three and nine on triples. The Lakers, oh, geez. The Lakers stink! They're 31 and 45. The Jazz, 46 and 31. And the Jazz definitely, definitely needed that because that bumps them back into five. Happily in five, above the, well, tied up with the Nuggets on 46-31. Two games back of the Warriors in the four spot. And the Mavs, obviously, at 48-29 and 29 as well. But tell you what, it's getting interesting in both conferences. Let's do an NBA Australia pre-performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Oh, two of them. Giannis, 14 rebounds. Six assists, one steal. 44 points. Jesus! 44! 14 and 6. What a game. 14 to 21 from the floor. 1 of 4 on triples. 
15 and 19 of the stripe. And then DeMar, 50. 50! 17 to 26 from the floor, 2 or 2 on threes, 15 to 16 in the line. Amazing. 50, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, DeMar DeRozan. But I think my favorite point about both these performances today and why they're the approved performances because they were both insanely clutch down the stretch. DeMar just took over in that fourth quarter in overtime went, nah, we're not going to lose this one today, boys. Got his 50 in the process, but it felt like one of the more organic 50s you'll ever fucking see. He was just in the flow, kept them in the game, and absolutely dominated in the overtime. Like They just gave him the ball went, right, DeMar, do your thing. And he's like, okay. That pass that he had to Patch Williams was kissing fingers emoji. And uh, Giannis obviously clutches shit. As I mentioned, missed those two free throws in uh, the overtime. KD hits three of them. Giannis just goes, right, fuck it then. Goes straight back into the teeth of the defense. Gets fouled calmly as you like. Hits the other two. And that doesn't even count the three that he hit to tie it up and get it to fucking overtime. That was clutch as hell. This is Giannis, a bloke who a couple of years ago was afraid of free throws. And now he's out there just fucking clocking him in overtime in big games against big opposition. What a pair of performances today. Two of the best dudes in the East, in the NBA. Giannis, 44, 14, and 6. DeMar, 50. 50! It's the ninth 50-point game for March. Unbelievable. It's still March in America as well, don't forget. 50 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. What a game. What a pair of games. You love to see it. Who was Spud of the night, though? Spud, 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 Spud of the night. Couple of Spuds. With only five games, still had plenty of Spuds, I'll tell you that much. Oh, jeez. DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter was not on song today. Two of ten for the Hawks. One of five from deep. He was a plus 19, though. So Danny Green and the rest of that goddamn Sixers bench. I told you. I told you. Danny Green goes 0 of 3. Just out there getting some cardio in. But as the bench combined to go 3 of 12, 1 of 8 on threes, he did 0 of 3. Uh, not ideal. He's part of the uh, collective spuds. Kevin Love, I'll tell you what, he's going to pop up again in a second. Juancho, Hernan Gomez, and Greg Monroe, though, both for the Utah Yaz. They both airballed free throws. What is going on? How do you airball a free throw? That is amazing. It's like me. It's like my shoulder's a bit sore, bro. Jimmy, did you just airball a free throw? No. <laughs> There's squids hitting more free throws than me at the moment. Uh, James Harden goes 4 of 15 and then gets thrown under the bus by his coach. I love that. But, of course, we've got to give it to Kevin Love today, don't we? Chill. Yeah, Kevin Love goes three eleven. Love it. Uh, old mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? Well, it's probably James Harden. It's only I'll tell you what. Taking a couple of years there, a couple of years. But Doc Rivers, it took what two years for him to throw Ben Simmons under the bus. Yeah, one year. Yeah, one year. Basically, he goes, oh, Jesus. It's pretty brutal, man. Bloody Ben. <laughs> I don't know if he could be our point guard. Harden, he's only been there like a month and a half, and he's already being thrown on the bus by Doc after all. So, I mean, jeez. Talk about old mate, no mates. But, yeah, the uh, it was a pretty interesting sort of snippet that was cut out of the press conference for uh, Doc Rivers. Everybody there sort of seems like it was like, 
He was trying to make a broader point and then uh, got distracted. Uh, basically going, yeah, well, you know, I'm not going to blame the bench. You know, James also missed a bunch of shots there. And uh, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, shit. So it's James's fault, huh? Yeah. So what you get, James Harden did stink it up, though. Four of 15. And just watching him play, I don't know, man. Like, you'd ping a hammy that bad. <laughs> I don't know if it's a year-long fucking injury, though, dear. That is absolutely brutal. And uh, But Harden is definitely old mates, old mate no mates already in Philly because a couple of these 4 or 15 performances, you lose a game to the Pistons, and I'll tell you what, those Sixers fans will very, very quickly go, oh, yeah, so uh, how much are we going to pay this guy for the next six years? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> That's a lot. This is a fan base that threw batteries at Santa. Don't forget. Uh, Pantsing of the night. Oh, Nick Batum. This is actually both from the same game. Nick Batum got detonated on by DeMar. in there right at the end of that game. And it was absolutely beautiful. Uh, Stacey King with the awesome call. Parlez-vous Francais! Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, but there was one before that as well. Patch Williams. Absolutely dunked through. Isaiah Hartenstein. Hello. Like, Hartenstein got a hand on it. Patch went through him. And still got the ball in. So two absolute pantsings by two Bulls on two of the Clippers. You love to see it. Who was better than Lonzo Ball? <coughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you don't get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Uh, Anekia Okongwu. I love Okongwu over there on Atlanta. He was awesome today for the Hawks. You know, this is one of those games where you're like, ah, oh, shit, we're on a back-to-back. They're playing against Cleveland. Cleveland! Who are out there starting Momo Brown and Larry. That's a girl's name, Markinen. So if you're Atlanta, you're like, yeah, let's get Clint Capella and Okongwu involved. And boy, howdy, did they get involved. Okongwu was awesome. 17 and 12 with a block and an assist. In only 25 minutes, he shot 6 or 6 from the floor, 5 or 6 on his free throws. I love him. I've always loved Okongwu. Loved him from the uh, draft. And he's, you know, had like a year or two behind Capella now to just sort of develop, get his head around the game, and shit, he looks good sometimes. So today, better than Lonzo Ball. And finally, Dickhead of the Week. Dickhead of the Week! Uh, Rusty Westbrook. Uh, This is from earlier this week. Uh, He got up and left the press conference uh, basically yelling at some reporters. And everyone's like, oh, yeah. So this is why everybody is kind of happy to blame Rusty because he's kind of an asshole, you know, to reporters. And reporters are the people who are reporting on Russell Westbrook. Surprise twist. Yeah, it's not going to end up well. So Rusty uh, was basically taking issue with one of the reporters going, all right, so I don't know what, going into this game, like what do you reckon you sort of come out of this with? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. Do you have the answers for me? Do you have any answers? Do you have any answer? And he just like sort of started yelling at the reporters like, Russell, the dude's just doing his fucking job. We just settled down, mate. That's why today, you're dickhead of the week. All right, let's do some yeah nows right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. you're listening to NBA Australia. Uh, 
That's right. Yeah, now it's brought to you by the NBA Strayer Shop. That's right. Go get around the merch. Get your 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 merch. Wear it. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Just get it. Get your merch. Get your merch. Uh, because we do have hoodies, T-shirts, everything you need, all the good stuff. Go check it out right now, nbaaustralia.com slash shop, or just click on the links through our facey, Twitter, IG, all on the socials. Go check it all out. Uh, lots of fun. Lots of good stuff. Please, I need to clear out some space. <laughs> Old mate's going to bash me. <laughs> right, so the yeah, NARS. Oh, seriously, nbaaustralia.com slash shop. Go check it out. Uh, also, the links through the facey, etc. Always handy, always good. And uh, yeah, boom, off we go. Right, let's do some yeah, NARS. We've got I Am Matty S. This is a good one on Twitter. I Am Matty S. How the hell is the NBA media pushing for LeBron to win the scoring title? Yeah, nah. Scoring title should go to the player who scores the most points. No more picking and choosing weak-ass teams to run up scores against. Yeah, nah. Yeah. I never thought of this before. LeBron's only played 55 games, and the scoring title is obviously based off your average. So he's played 55. He is in the lead, I believe, at the moment. It's either uh, he, as I mentioned yesterday, like Giannis is right there with him. And uh, so Giannis is at 29.9. LeBron's at 30.1. LeBron's played 55 games. Giannis has played, uh, what is he on? He's 62 so far this season. And in terms of like just the sheer actual total points, like, Trey Young, Jamar, Tatum are ahead of even Giannis, right? And I understand that, like, yeah, minutes per game. Like, it is weird that we're sort of like, oh, well, we're just going to... You get this scoring title because you averaged more points per game. It's like, but this guy scored more points. <laughs> it's just... The thing was, he also played more games because he was there more often. That's fucking weird. I kind of get that we're going to give it out to averages because it sort of uh, balances all it out, balances it all out a little bit more. But shouldn't we also be rewarding folks of playing as much as possible in this fucking era of load management, etc.? Like the fact that it's rebounds per game, blocks per game, and that decides the actual uh, scoring title, the rebounding title, etc. Totals, I feel like, are a little bit of an underplayed sort of aspect. So that's a really good point because, as I am Matty S points out, like. Not no more picking and choosing the weak ass teams to drop your thirty nines on, like if you're LeBron, right? Oh no, nah, my ankles are a bit sore. I don't want to. I don't want to hurt my scoring average. <laughs> Fucking hell, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I like that. Anyway, uh, another one. Should OKC and Golden State retire Kevin Durant's number? Yeah, nah. So here's his quote: OKC has to retire my jersey. It wouldn't even be good for the game of basketball if they didn't. The same with Golden State. I'm still doing what I'm doing here in Brooklyn, but if I continue on what I'm doing four or five years, then I feel the same way about this program. I better have a home because I feel like I am basketball. I breathe it. This is my DNA. I put in the time and respect and love for each one of these programs on and off the floor to get that type of recognition. If I don't do it, then it's personal. You know, usually I'd say, fuck no. Okay, see, you led them to a finals and you left them at the fucking altar and joined the team that you lost to. You fucking coward. You murked your way to the greatest regular season of all time. The team that had won the most games ever, you went and joined on to them to glom onto two rings. 
But at the same time, I kind of think the impact that he had for both teams is pretty massive and they should retire it. You know? Like, kind of fuck it. Uh, OKC, he was that team for so long. I think the more telling aspect of this KD interview, so this is on The Ringer uh, with Logan Murdoch, and uh, it's a really interesting interview because, I mean, even as he just said in that quote then, programs, like that's the way that he sort of thinks about it, which is a very college collegiate way of thinking, which is a very American way of thinking about it. Uh, Not so much teams or franchises, but programs. And that sort of feels like the entire reason behind him going to Golden State in the first place was that it was a different program, a different way of looking and playing basketball, looking at basketball and playing it, and that fit him perfectly. Obviously, he got frustrated with the program because it wasn't his program in the end. And then Brooklyn eventually was the uh, sort of siren song where it could, he could make it all of his own and then Kyrie fucking threw a spanner in the works of that. Uh, but, yeah, I kind of think the 35 and OKC and uh, Golden State should probably retire. Yeah, makes sense. I think so. I think he did so much for OKC to put that team on the map, to put that franchise on the map that they should should do it. And Golden State, I mean, holy shit, he came in, won a couple of finals MVP. Well, yeah, two finals MVPs and boom, got him a couple of titles. So why the fuck not? Uh, and finally, was that a flagrant two on Chris Middleton today? Yeah, nah, this one kills me. Because in the moment, uh, you kind of want to go, yeah, he dragged his arm down and dragged Bruce Brown down with it. So if you watch, go watch the video. Flagrant two, Middleton goes for the ball and you do feel like there wasn't anything bad in terms of the intention behind it because he was going to go for the ball, but the problem was the follow-through kind of dragged Bruce Brown and his body weight down to the ground. So you can see why they gave it the flagrant two, but to me, in my basketball lizard brain, I'm like, it was just a hard foul. The way his arm came across Bruce Brown's was inopportune after he'd already gone into the air, and I don't think Mitty sort of meant to hurt him or throw him to the ground as badly as he did, but shit. Um... So I'm still going to say, nah, maybe a flagrant one. Like, the fact that Austin Rivers got kicked out for not hitting Lance Stevenson with an elbow is just fucked. Uh, and Middleton gets kicked for that as well. I don't know, man. Bit weird. Uh, last one. Is Reggie Miller an absolute fucking moron? Yeah, nah. I mean, the answer to this is always going to be yeah. But today was specifically just perfect. That's just a hard foul, Kev. Kev, that's just a hard foul. It's the optics that make it look bad. Yes, Reggie! That's how optics work! It's the optics that make it look bad. It wasn't the audio! Reggie! What are you doing? It's optics! Fuck! <laughs> what a fucking more It's the optics that make it look bad. No shit. Oh, my Lord. Anyway, I'm popular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Uh, to follow up yesterday's, I think today might have been the nail. Giannis is going to be the MVP. I think he has to be. I just can't get past the fact that he's right there, maybe going to win the scoring title. He's right there behind LeBron and could win Defensive Player of the Year and probably should. He'll have played more games than LeBron. He's got like better averages across the board apart from basically assists and steals, and I'm like, it's, and on three-pointers, but still, <laughs> the point being, scoring title, defensive player of the year, like, 
I think more importantly, he's definitely stepped above Embiid in my estimations now because there's no way that Giannis, and you saw it today, in the big moments, he's like, all right, we're not fucking losing this. Shut up, idiots. Get, to, get out of the road. Meanwhile, Embiid lets Harden hijack a fucking loss to the Pistons. Like, if Middleton was like, hey, Giannis, get out of my fucking road. I'm going to win this. Giannis is like, Chris, sit your ass fucking back down. I'm going to win this. At the moment, Giannis is on another plane. He's back-to-back 40-point games. I think he's got it. I mean, in my brain, I think... Like, Joker has been incredible all season. We all know that. Joker is on the sixth seed. And, of course, most valuable player. We all understand that. Like, Joker is probably the most valuable player to his team. Which is a weird way of sort of saying MVP of, this, of the uh, league, but his team is also not very good. They're 46 31. They're in the sixth seed. They should be worse, and they would be without him. He's been incredible. But Giannis has the Bucks right at the top of the East, half game back of the one seed, doing absolute insane shit night in, night out. And he's been doing it all year, and he could win Defensive Player of the Year and the scoring title. It's got to be him, right? Fuck. I just don't know, man. It's crazy. But I've got a Giannis at the moment, so. It was Embiid, but at the same time, Embiid has just had a couple of these games and they've lost three on the trot at the most important part of the season. So, results matter. And Giannis just keeps throwing it out there. Like, he blocked Embiid. It was, like, more than fucking just a simple block. Like, that might have been blocking him to take his spot in the MVP convo. I reckon that's what's happened this week. Just saying. All right, Outback Takehouse. It's Friday at Outback, and you know what that means. Oh, yeah, four for one, TGIF, Foster's Oil Drum Cans, full of icy cold Foster's Lager. That's right, everybody in Australia drinks this. I mean, they don't really. In fact, most of them wouldn't touch it with a fucking barge pole because it's actual horse piss, but still. Goes great with the Aussie tizers here at Outback and goes great with today's Flame Grill Take. And today's Flame Grill Take is LeBron James's stat chasing this year is just embarrassing. And just goes to show what we all know. At the moment, the bloke's just a slightly better Julius Randle. Well, actually, this year, if you look at their team records, where the Knicks have actually won more games than the Lakers, perhaps he's even a slightly worse stat-chasing Julius Randle. Only at Outback. I've hit on this a couple of times, uh, that LeBron this year... It is, uh, look, he can get his stats, that's fine. But he just doesn't quite lift up the uh, shitty teammates as well as he could, used to in the uh, when he was in his absolute pomp. Uh, but I did love that we actually hit upon this yesterday in the uh, <laughs> in the Outback Takehouse. LeBron will be miraculously back in two to three games because he knows that if he doesn't play in at least three more of these seven games, he's not going to be eligible for the scoring title. Boom. LeBron is going to be back on Friday because he's uh, the swelling's gone down his ankle. Of course it is. Of course it is. All right, let's do a uh, quick break. Be back with Australian Player Watch right after this. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, Australian Player Watch, quick one today. Paddy Thrills, Paddy Mills, and that loss to Milwaukee. I mentioned it, 16 minutes. Uh, he had three points, one rebound, two assists, and one steal. Uh, went one or two from downtown, one or three on his uh, shots from the floor. Just 
With the return of Steph Curry, uh, Kyrie being back full-time, Patty and uh, Goran are basically sort of sharing the scoring guard, point guard, hybrid guard off the bench minutes. And uh, Patty is still adjusting. It'd be nice to see him just, see him just sort of throw in some of these eight, nine-point games in uh, 16 to 20 minutes a game, but... Not quite there at the moment. Uh, it'll be right though. Uh, Aussie Matty T in the loss to Detroit for the Sixers. Just gross. Uh, 32 minutes. He had four points, three rebounds, four assists, three steals, and two blocks. Aussie Matty T. Matisse Tybel filling it up. Two or four from the floor. Oh, one from downtown. Absolutely bloody loved it. All right. So no Josh Green, no Jock Landau today. Uh, obviously no Ben Simmons. And. Uh, well, they've got a couple of games on the weekend, though. So, got a bit of uh, Dallas, got a bit of uh, San Antonio. I reckon Jock will get out there a couple of times on this weekend because they are playing Portland. And uh, watch them go hammer and tongs against the uh, Blazers, the Blazer Timbers. Right, with that in mind, I mentioned we're going to do an Andrew Gaze Grey Mumber Award for Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence. So, let's do that. It's the first Andrew Gaze Grey Mumber Clap it up. Clap it up. There you go. Uh, we've got two. So further to this MVP debate, uh, players in the top ten in points per game, rebounds per game, and assists per game in a season, Will Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, Oscar Robertson, Rusty Westbrook, and uh, this year's Nikola Jokic. That's right. The Jokers in top ten in points, rebounds, and assists per game. The year that Rusty did it, he had a 55% true shooting and 48 effective field goal percentage. This year, Joker has 66 true shooting percentage and a 62% effective field goal percentage. He's got the highest PR and highest box plus minus of all time as well. That is absolute fucking chaos. So this is the sort of flip side of that MVP debate that I'm talking about with Giannis. Joker is having a historic fucking season. And it's not his fault that a couple of his teammates have gone down injured, so the rest of his team can't sort of uh, help around the edges and get him. Like the fact that they're forty six and thirty one is crazy because that's still like that would be in the East that'd be like the uh, equal for the fourth best uh, record anyway. So it's a bit crazy. It's a bit weird. Giannis is just doing insane shit though. So Giannis, his Grey Mumba Award is for passing Kareem Abdul Jabbar as the all time leading scorer for the Bucks. He's at 14,214 points. Kareem had 14,211. So he's now first in points, second in rebounds, second in assists, fifth in steals, and first in blocks in Bucks history. That is absolute... He's 27! That is absolute chaos. He is the Bucks. Oh, man, I absolutely love that. But Giannis, just in general, like what a season he's having. I mean... His actual sort of uh, stats, like he's averaging 29.9 points a game, 11.6 rebounds and 5.8 assists. So he's second in, uh, tied second for scoring. He's fifth in rebounds and he's 23rd in assists. Like, he's actually not that far behind Joker himself. That is so crazy. So there you go. You, What do you reckon? Can you split him? And like to go back to the uh, points per game, and that's how uh, we uh, award scoring titles, rebounding titles, etc., I get it, but Jace, 
Hard to argue. And uh, an extra little bonus one, Cade Cunningham in March. 23 points a game, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. He's the first rookie to put up those numbers or better in a month with at least 10 games since MJ. And it's pretty good. Cade Cunningham is fucking awesome. Paddy Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. A great one today. Jock Landau with his IG story. So Jock and our man Trey Jones got on down to a uh, really, really cool sort of yoga session, which was really cool to see. Um, with So first off, Jock is out there by the pool, hanging oh, by the pool, and then he's out there hanging out, watching some golf. Love that. At the Valero Texas Open. Uh, but then he and Trey Jones stopped by the mental health uh, t- uh, San Antonio, Texas sort of spot, met a bunch of the kids, and they did some yoga. It was fucking awesome. So the Spurs teamed up with uh, Ashley Official to refurnish the mental health uh, San Antonio, Texas Mission Reach Wellness and Counseling Center on the south side there in San Antonio. And uh, Jock went down there and gave him some bloody uh, yoga instruction. Love it. What a fucking legend. That is definitely some Patty Mills uh, inspiration board material right there. So you'd love to see it. On you, jockey. On you. Right. Let's do some game previews. Game previews. Game previews. For an absolutely chaos weekend. Thanks, Inverting Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. What's your weekend looking like? I'm going to go to the footy on Sunday. Uh, Hang out the rest of the time. You know, all the good stuff. Should be great. Uh, we went five of five today on the picks. Love a good five of five. Good bounce back from yesterday where I think we went four of 11, right? So uh, five of five. I hope you're listening and uh, I hope you heard me tapping away because I may have put down a little bit of moolah on the fives and uh, came home. So thanks a lot. Can't believe the Chicago comeback in that Clippers game and got me over the line. So I'll take that though. Five of five. We are 653 correct picks. On 1,142 uh, total games so far this season. Love it. All right. The weekend. So what's that? 653 of 1,142. That's really good. Uh, 10 games tomorrow. We have, from starting at 10 a.m., we have Orlando hosting Toronto. Oh, geez. This is shades of our first round of the 2019 playoffs, eh, Raptors fans? I'm still going to go Orlando plus nine and a half just because they hang around in some of these games. Look, Toronto are either going to shit pump them or Orlando will stick around and make this annoying uh, but Toronto will win. Orlando will cover. Give me the plus nine and a half. Though, look, approach that one with a bit of caution. Orlando have also just really gone the tank as hard as they possibly can. Where uh, I've mentioned this, where it's like, oh shit, we're now playing Iggy Bresdikas a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of Iggy. And they're spreading out all their minutes really, really evenly so everybody gets a bit of run so they can see what they're doing. It does limit their covering potential, but I think Toronto might put this into a little bit of uh, cruise gear and Orlando... We'll keep it close just at the end, but still lose. So plus nine and a half, I'll take that. Speaking of which, the Extreme Zinger Meal goes up against his old team, the Dallas Mavericks. They go into town to see Washington. The Wizards, eight and a half point underdogs at home against Dallas. They've been uh, eliminated, the Wizards, from playoff contention. So have the Knicks uh, with Trey Young, just knocking out the Knicks again from the uh, playoffs this year with their win today over Cleveland. Uh, Dallas go to Washington. Dallas... Eight and a half point favorites. It seems like a little bit too much. Uh, you know that the Zinger's going to come out hammer and tongs. I think they make this close. I'll take the plus eight and a half for Washington. Might be in a bit of a uh, disappointment here from Dallas. So give me the whiz, plus eight and a half. Boston, 14 and a half point favorites against the one, two, three Cancun Pacers. Uh, I'm taking the Celtics, minus 14 and a half. Even without Time Lord, I think they're going to kick the shit out of Indiana. 
That's going to be a bloodbath. Houston, one and a half point underdogs against Sacramento. I'll take the Rockets there. Uh, the Kings and Rockets. Look, this is, uh, you know, we've seen this. It happened just the other day. They were really tight. I reckon Houston can win this one. So give me the Rockets. They nearly tied it up on that crazy KJ Martin three um, that went in and out. So I'll take the Rockets plus one and a half in this one. We have one versus two. Phoenix playing the Memphis Grizzlies in Memphis. I'm going to take the Grizz plus seven and a half. Uh, Phoenix might take the foot off the gas just a little bit uh, in this game. It's all locked away. Memphis might do as well, but I think Memphis might cover this at least and uh, play us a good game. I'll take the Grizzlies. Plus seven and a half. Millie Walker, play the Clippers. Both teams on a back-to-back. I'm going to take the Bucks minus eight and a half. Uh, the Clips will rest Paul George. I'll take the Bucks minus eight and a half just because they're a better team and should stomp them. We're going to tank off in OKC. The Thunder host Detroit. Oh, gross. You're an absolute sicko if you watch this, and I know I will be because I kind of love both teams. Uh, Detroit are three and a half point favorites. I'm going to take that uh, because OKC can't afford to win this one because they're 22 wins. Uh, Detroit are there at 21. If they lose this one, OKC, then obviously Detroit will be right there tied up with them. So I'll take Detroit minus three and a half, and they win it by mistake. San Antonio, 14 and a half point favorites over the Portland Timber Blazers. Give me that. Spurs are going to smash them. Uh, they need to. They need to win out. Win as many games as they possibly can to get into this play-in tournament. So I'll take the Spurs. Portland, the sacrificial lamb. Minnesota, go to Denver. This is a tasty one. Denver, the Nuggets, up against Minnesota. If Minnesota can pull this one back, it makes the 5-6-7 uh, matchups, or at least standings, a lot more interesting. The Wolves losing that day. They've lost two on the trot. They're three games back in the Nuggets. So they can pull this one off. Get a bit closer, but what do you say? Never trust the Wolves. Ugh. I might take them in this one, though. Plus four and a half. Just getting points. Minnesota are pretty good. Denver are better, but let's go with the Wolves. Plus four and a half. And then the Lakers-New Orleans. What a huge game this is. LeBron Jones going to be back, maybe. AD maybe back. Lakers are two and a half point favorites. Uh, folks thinking that the Lakers will have a full complement. Cool. I'm taking the Pelicans plus two and a half. <laughs> Spindles... CJ, because the Pelicans know that if they win this, they're three games up, basically, on the Lakers and uh, won't be able to be caught, basically, by them. So give me the pals. Uh, Sunday, starting at 2.30 in the morning. You're getting up. Philly at Charlotte. Give me the uh, Sixers. They need a big bounce-back win. Uh, Charlotte have zero people to cover Embiid and will get smashed. Cleveland, go to the Knicks. Um, The Knicks will probably be in cruise mode, I think, at this point. So... I'll take Cleveland there just to sneak one out. The Cavs desperately need it. Well, actually, no. The Knicks... Nah. Now, let's take the Knicks here because the Knicks don't know their ass from their elbow. They've been eliminated from the playoffs, but they'll still somehow win this and ruin some of their draft chances somehow, even though it's all the same at that point. Brooklyn, they go to Atlanta. The Nets will get that one. They definitely need it. Uh, this is, like, literally for uh, play-in seeding at this point, so give me the Nets. Chicago host Miami. This is a tasty one. This one's at 10 a.m. Uh... I'll take the Bulls against Miami. Just a bit of weirdness going on with the Heat. After that big win against Boston, I think uh, Chicago might have a bit of a swagger after that Clippers win. So give me the Bulls. And then Utah at Golden State on Sunday. I think the Jazz can win that one too. The Jazz might have just sort of slightly just saved a bit of their season right here. Monday, starting at 3 a.m., we've got the Celtics hosting Washington. I'm going to take Boston. Uh, they're going to wear a black armband, you wizard idiots. Uh, Dallas, go to Milwaukee. This is awesome. you got Giannis versus uh, Luka. I'm going to take the Bucks at home against Dallas. Uh, Denver, go to the Lakers. 
The Lakers, this is a desperation game. They might be able to pull this one out, though. If AD's actually back and feeling okay, I might take the Lakers in a bit of an upset there. That's at 5.30 in the morning on Monday. Detroit, go to Indy. That's at 7 a.m. Uh, I'm going to take the Pacers. They went, uh, they're going to win a random one at home against a uh, Detroit team that is really trying not to win at that point because they keep screwing up their uh, win-loss record. Philly, go to Cleveland. Philly on a back-to-back having just played... Charlotte, Cleveland on a back against having just played New York. I'm going to have to go to the Sixers. Just a deeper team at this point. The Knicks go to Orlando. I think the Knicks can hilariously win that one as well. Toronto host Miami. That is tasty. Give me the Raptors. Miami on a back-to-back on the road. Uh, Minnesota go to Houston. I'll take the row. No, I'll take the Wolves. Yeah, the Wolves should take care of that raggedy-ass Houston team. Phoenix go to OKC. Uh, Phoenix should have a sleepwalk to win there. San Antonio host Portland again. Uh, that should be two back-to-back wins for the Spurs. Golden State go to Sacramento. I'll take the Warriors. And a Pelicans-Clippers matchup. This is a wild game. Last game on Monday. I'll take the Pels. I reckon they can come out of a big weekend to playing back-to-back games in LA with two wins and cement their spot in the play-in. And there you go. That's it. Awesome. We'll wrap all that up for you on Monday. Should be absolutely chaos. I love it. This is the greatest time of the season. Everybody jockeying for positions. Can't wait to wrap it all up for you on Monday. In the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey IGs. We're all over the socials all the time. Check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. And uh, World Wrestling Australia with Adam over there on YouTube. Go check that out. And, hey, if anyone's an F1 fan, shoot us a message if you want to do a uh, F1 show on the Australia Podcast Network. Just hit us up. Just hit us up. Go on. Just through the socials. Just send us a message. Anyway, get around nbastraya.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Check us a rating review on your podcast app. Uh, come on, help us out. We don't have a marketing budget like Bogey does. I'm not sponsoring any NBL teams yet, so uh, <laughs> we'll see how we go. But if you can rate and review, it would be really appreciated. Manscaped.com. Use the code Straya. Get 20% off free shipping there. Knowable. Download the Knowable app. Bang in your code Straya. Get 20% off getting smarter today. Big thanks always go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Uh, go check out their new band, House Hats. And also thanks go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple Day on Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, whatever. Remember, however you listen to your tunes, support your bands. Make sure they're Australian bands. NBA Australia support Australian bands. So should you. And that's it. All right, we'll close out the week with a uh, classic cooking with Bainsy for you. And we'll catch you on Monday. How's that? All right, have a good weekend, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And later, Hosen. Cooking with Beansy is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Beansy with your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, g'day, it's cooking with Bainesy, and I'm your host, Aaron Bangers Bainesy. 
Yep, that's right. Just here in this here episode, gonna whip up a nice, delish dish for you. You know what we're gonna do this week? Oh, hey, Cheryl. Look at you over there. You're always losing your mind. Anyway, we're gonna whip up one of my absolute Aussie favourites that you can have whenever. It is the classic bangers scrambled eggs on toast. That's right, bloody scrambled eggs on toast. That's right, I love me some scrambled eggs on toast, and I'll tell you what, it is easy peasy, mate. Definitely helps keep up this physique, you know what I mean? Protein, baby! Yeah, look at you. All right, so it's bloody simple, mate. All you gotta do is go down to your soupy, load up on a thing of eggs, get a dozen of them, don't be a coward, don't get six, get a dozen. Now, get the free-range ones, don't be a prick and get those ones that are from Cage Chooks, that's a no-no. Now, make sure you've got some butter, maybe a bit of milk, a bit of salt and pepper. And now, don't be a coward. Get some chilies. Maybe grab some spring onions as well. Then get over to your bakery. Say good day to Steve the baker. G'day, Steve. How are you, mate? Yeah, there you go. Now, grab a thing out of their fancy sourdough. Don't fuck around with shit bread, mate. This will blow your mind. Trust me. Righto. Now, you put your cooker on your medium. You get your fry pan or your saucepan, whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter, mate. Grease her up with some butter. Now, bang eggs in there. Yeah, that's right. Just flat out, crack them straight in there. Now, some nongs do something different with it and whisk it all up in a bowl beforehand and mix in some fucking mixed herbs and all this shit. Don't bother. Do your whisking as they cook. So that's what you do. You crack the eggs in there, stir them up, take it off the hood a couple of times. There you go, there you go. Yep, just let her settle. Stir around, stir around. Bit of your milk, there you go. Look, oh, that looks bloody delicious, doesn't it? Uh, now, pop your toast in, slice up your bread, pop your toast in, big thick slices, there you go. Now, just sit back, grab a tin. Oh, brekkie tins. How good is this? Now, chop up your chilli and your spring onions. Make sure your eggs are looking nice and moist, but not too moist, mind you. And throw them on the eggs. Bang in some salt and pepper on there. Grab your toast, butter her up. Uh, there you go. Mrs. will love that. Turn off the heat in your eggs, then just bang them on. I'll tell you what, Bob's your fucking uncle. Because that, my friends, is an absolute bloody ripper of a brekkie, a lunch, or even a bloody dinner. It's bangers scrambled eggs, that's right. It's just bloody delicious, mate. And it'll dead sit in Breast of Sheila's, don't you worry about that. You know, got a big night of banging ahead of you, behind you, whatever. Cook up this and I'll never leave your side. That's right. And if you want to get fancy, or a bit fancy-pantsy, oh, look at this, look at me, look at me. Add a side of avo. Add a side of bacon or smoked salmon even. Maybe even some little baby tomatoes. And that will taste fucking unreal. Trust me. Oh, yeah. All right, so how easy is that? Get stuck in, do it at home yourselves, and you'll absolutely bloody well love it. All right, there you go. Tune in to NBA Australia next time for a new recipe, and we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsy.